0: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand.
1: Who's got the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League? The two finalists were, not surprisingly, Montreal and Toronto. I have no argument on that. And running away on Twitter with 79% of the vote is the Toronto Maple Leafs, the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League. I'd vote for them, and I'm surrounded by them. Montreal Canadiens fans are annoying, but they know it, and they don't care.
0: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
1: Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. And uh, it's another beautiful day because we're alive and we're talking sports for the next two hours. And I'm pretty excited about the guest list today. Every day it's awesome, but our good friend Chris Jones is going to be joining us, the head coach and general manager of the Edmonton Elks. That's coming up in hour one, so you're not going to want to be missing that. And coming up in hour two, TSN Ottawa's Sean Simpson. TSN Ottawa radio uh, analyst, former NHL goaltender and front office attendant, Sean Simso. Simpson's going to be with us on the program today on, on an interesting day before we bring in the moose. I I noticed this. uh, Our poll question today has to do with the Edmonton Oilers who lost again last night. I'm just going to throw this out there right now. The poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center today is will Slash, should the Edmonton Orders make a coaching change this week? And I just, it caught my eye, Moose, at, right off the start here. Jeff Kozak, who's one of our longtime P1s, love me some Jeff Kozak. He just wrote in and he said, Why does it always have to be the coach? Why can't they make the roster better? And the answer to that is, You can't fire 20 players, but you can fire one coach. So I think that we're actually going to be delving. We're going to be diving headfirst into the Oilers saga here for a lot of today's program. It's going to be kind of, hey, what do they say? Edmonton's our number two city for viewership, right? We got Chris Jones, Oilers Talk, Bob Geronco. We were tailor-made for the City
2: of Champions today. It is. It is Edmonton Sports Talk today. So how great is that? I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a real good show. Let's hear from you,
1: Edmonton. We want to hear from you throughout the program and specifically now. So those are the guests. You see the moose is there. He's on Coffee Row in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. And uh, I remain here in beautiful and sunny South Florida. And as it turns out, I'm going to be staying here a little while longer than I'd planned. Uh, By the way, I've been on the phone with WestJet for now officially over two hours now. Still going, Darren. And um, try to manage this doing the show now and being on hold with WestJet. It's a talent. Can we hit the quick six show horn? If you got to go, we'll take it from here. I know, right? I know. But as I've been reminded umpteen times, to use another of my mother's terms, umpteen. I don't even know what that means. It just seems like a lot. I've been reminded umpteen times today while on hold with WestJet that Our staff are expected to be friendly, courteous, and kind. We would ask the same from you people. I'm paraphrasing. That's my term. (laughs) Yeah, that's my term. Not theirs, but you get the point. Trying to be patient. I got to change the flight coming back to Canada. And over the next few days, we'll tell the viewers why. Anyways, quick six show topics. I mentioned that there would be a lot of Oilers talk here throughout the uh, two hours of the program today. Uh, Ilya Makayev scored on a third-period goal on the power play as the Toronto Maple Leafs heap more misery on the undermanned Edmonton Oilers on Wednesday night. 4-2 at Scotiabank Arena. Johnny Tavares and TJ Brody also scored for Toronto. Did you see that Sean McCormick, our good friend, the big boss man down there at uh, Game Plus TV in Toronto, is wearing his Johnny Tavares jersey to work today? Isn't that something? Isn't that cute? Did you see that, Moose?
2: I didn't see it, but I'm not surprised. Big Leaf fan, uh, Sean, is. I'm surprised I didn't get a text from him uh, last night during or after that game.
1: Go check out his social media, Sean McCormick, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Somewhere along the way I saw it, he's wearing his Leafs Tavares jersey to work today. Not his jammies, but his Tavares jersey. Okay. Neon Leon. And Brendan Perlini replied for Edmonton, who got 29 saves from Mike Smith. Edmonton was, of course, minus Captain Connor McDavid, fellow center Derek Ryan, and defenseman Tyson Berry, after all three were added to the NHL's COVID-19 protocol. The Leafs, meanwhile, had Austin Matthews in the lineup following a COVID-19 scare that kept him out of practice Monday and
3: Tuesday. Now, Mike Smith made just his sixth start of the season, which saw him, uh, what he sit out here?
1: Well, two months he was out in, in all, which included Monday's uh, loss 4-1 to the Rangers that saw under-fire head coach Dave Tippett criticize fellow goalie Miko Koskinen's performance. Look, there was another game last night, and we'll get to that in a minute, but it is ostensibly Canada's daytime sports talk show. Let's talk about the Edmonton orders. I'm seeing the memes going around here. Uh, they've now lost 11 of 13. I saw, listen, I was in bed before seven o'clock last night. I was asleep by seven last night, Darren, because I'm not feeling very well. So I didn't watch any of it. But I did watch Sports Center. Listen, I slept at a Holiday Inn Express last night and I watched Sports Center three times today. So I feel very confident in talking about this. Four minutes into the game, Mike Smith lets in another terrible goal and the orders are down 1 0 early. And come on, we know enough about the game. That for frankly the offensively challenged orders, whether your name's Connor or Leon, if you're not named Connor or Leon, you're generally not scoring. If you let in one bad goal, you got to score two to get it back, and you're going into into to Toronto. That's the one thing with the orders that they've allowed so many easy goals that when it's so it's so hard to score to begin with. So, anyways, with that poll question, should slash will the orders make a coaching change this week? I just think. My vote is no, but I'm far past arguing with people that it should happen because there's a growing noise, Darren, that, hey, it worked for the Flames. Look where they are. And I guess my soliloquy and monologue, and I'll wrap it up here, is saying they shouldn't fire Dave Tippett. They've had too much of a revolving door. They're a good enough team. Now, if you can address goaltending at the trade deadline here and get (coughs) Braden (coughs) Holby, they'll be fine or stick with what you have cuz they signed Mike Smith as a free agent to a two-year deal it's their own fault if this thing goes south then they probably should have the house cleaned but don't tinker with it now you're too late you're in it too far go with what you have what do you think
2: yeah it's a tough it's a tough position for the Oilers to be in i mean a coaching change might be you know the new voice in the room that might get them back to where they need to be. But we saw how good they were at the beginning of the year. Dave Tippett can take the the group that he has and get them playing well. He's already done that, and he's done that this year. It's not like, you know, that was three seasons ago and you know, you've lost your yeah. voice. It hasn't really changed in a couple of months. I can't imagine. But I watched the game last night. I watched it closely. Didn't think Edmonton played bad. I thought they played pretty good without their captain. Those were two tough goals on, on Mike Smith. You just hate to see those two first two of the Leafs go in like that. Um, and then you're just off to a bad start. But you know what? Edmonton battled. They were tied after the first period. You know, all things they needed to do because we know they haven't won when they've been trailing, but they were tied, which is good. They needed to get back there. So they battled. But there's a difference between the Oilers teams that I saw at the beginning of the year and the Oilers teams you see now. At the beginning of the year, you just expected them to score goals, and you expected them to win, and you were hoping that they hit the post or that you blocked a shot or that you happened to score. Last night, I really wasn't afraid watching that game. I wasn't feeling that sense of, oh, boy, if we don't get this, the Oilers are going to come back and score. That dominance, that threat, that, that you know, confidence, the swagger when you know you're better than the opposition, that's gone right now in Edmonton. That's the biggest thing I noticed last night. Nice analysis from you. Why would you be worried about the Edmonton Oilers, specifically now? Hey, guys, Moose here. When you're done listening to this podcast, you should check out Blindsided. The Players' Tribune has launched its first-ever mental health podcast called Blindsided. It's hosted by former NHL goalie Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. The show shares moments for a variety of athletes when everything changed for them and mental health became the most important focus of their lives. It's called Blindsided from the Players' Tribune. It allows listeners to have an understanding of the different types of mental health challenges that people face, and they've already had guests that include Kevin Lowe of the Oilers, Paul Bissonnette, and Kurt Warner. It's available now. The Players Tribune launching its first ever mental health podcast called Blindsided with Corey Hirsch and psychiatrist Dr. Diane McIntosh. You can check it out now when you're done listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Anyways, Chris Jarl is watching in Calgary. I don't believe he's won on the Taco Time comment of the week contest that we run, but hey. <coughs> I think we got a new leader. Early on, right out of the shoot, Chris Charles watching on Game Plus TV. He's in Surrey, BC. He says the orders are like a stuffed taco time burrito, and their goaltending's like they only have one napkin. Tons of stuff oozing out. It's delicious, but you have cheese sauce on your face.
2: What do you think? <laughs> it's like sing. Uh, it. It's like going to the bathroom with. Single-ply toilet paper, right? You got one napkin
3: with the burrito. I like it. He's leading. Chris Jarl's leading. Uh, Rack him, Clark, if you don't mind. Rack him.
1: Because Clark has access to this text line, too. Way to go, Chris in Surrey, BC. And he is is not one. It was Sean in Vancouver that won earlier this season on uh, the Taco Time comment of the week. But I like it. This is what the orders are right now. They're actually the guy or gal
3: walking out of the out of the bathroom with toilet paper stuck in their heel of their shoe. That's who they are. Yeah. So as I'll say again,
1: I don't think they should make a coaching change, but I'm at least willing now to listen to it is Daryl Cates. That's the question, because I don't think Ken Holland wants to fire anybody. So anyways, that's a lot of our talk on the Edmonton orders. And by the way, Clark, do you have a sample size of vote on YouTube on this? Should slash will the orders make a
3: coaching change? Because the last I saw on Twitter, it was what is it? Well, 76% saying no, 76% agree with me. Speaking of polls, by the way, did you
1: watch Sunday night football by chance? The Vikings and the Packers, yeah. You did? Did you see? Uh, Tony Dungy on there because they had a, they had America's vote who's going to win this game and it was 79% said that the Packers were going to win the game and they asked Tony Dungy for his prediction on the game and he's like I'm trying to figure out who the 21% are that are saying the Vikings are going to win this thing that was hilarious Tony Dungy is so great
2: on there anyways well, he is he's yeah really go ahead good and it's like who is voting for the Vikings like got Sean Manning who's never you know their backup quarterback you don't even have Kirk Cousins who you're not that confident with anyways as a Vikings fan, how much more confident are you in the backup? And then it's obviously the big, bad Green Bay Packers. That was pretty funny by, by Dungey. I remember that. Who's voting for the Vikings are Peter Labardius,
1: Kelly Rempel, Georgie Nitsos, Arash Madani. Like, there's a lot of these emotionally damaged Minnesota football fans. There are. Oh, yeah. Um, so, moving on, the Pittsburgh Penguins have been the NHL's hottest team. How about that? For the better part of a month, they struggled early against the St. Louis Blues. And then Sidney Crosby took over. Crosby and Evan Rodriguez scored 12 seconds apart in the third. And the Penguins rallied for a 5-3 win over the St. Louis Blues on Wednesday night. Brian Russ scored twice. And Brock McGinn also had a goal to help the Pens win their ninth in a row. Their longest since winning 15 in a row back in March of 2013. It's the longest active streak in the NHL this year. So that's what happened in the show last night. News this morning, the Providence Bruins announced today that the team has signed goalie Tuukka Rask to a professional tryout agreement. Rask is expected to start in net for the Providence Bruins on Friday, January 7th, as the team takes on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms at the Dunkin' Donut Center at 7.05 p.m. What do you think they serve at the concession there, Moose? (laughs) Be delicious. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't even think they call it Dunkin' Donuts anymore. I think it's just Dunkin', but they still call the rink the same thing. Uh, Anyways, uh, we want to hear from the Order fans, and I'll say it again. I don't think that they should make a coaching change because I think Dave Tippett is a tremendous coach. He had success in Dallas. He had success in Arizona. But I'm willing to at least say, hey, you've lost 11 of 13. How about Neon Leon after the game saying nobody's quitting on anybody? We're not quitting on each other. Dave Tippett pointing the finger at Miko Koskinen after the New York game Monday night was something. It was something. That's not Dave Tippett's way, by the way. I don't know why I'm so
3: hooked on this Oiler thing, but I just am. And here's the thing. He was bad. So you see
1: Koskinen come out in the Finnish newspaper and say, hey, we scored six goals the last seven games. I can't score
3: goals. Like, this is what I would say with Tippett saying that Miko, is it true? Were they bad goals? Because they were terrible goals. Do you see what I'm saying, though? Unless
1: you can address your goaltending situation now, I think they should stay with what they have. And if they do another face plant, which, let's be honest, they did last year in the playoffs, then, then maybe in the offseason, you know, you're know you scrapping it all over again. But, but can I also tell you that they're only two points behind the Calgary Flames, Darren? Anybody aware of that? Mm.
2: This is why you got out to such a great start. You gave yourself a head start so that you could deal with situations like this. It's a matter of now, how long can you handle it, right? When, when times go bad, how long can you handle it? Now, the Koskinen thing is interesting because there's a couple ways to think about this. It's from a motivating point of view, from a coaching point of view, and from a leadership point of view, we have to be okay just not looking at everything black and white. He might've been going to Miko Koskinen and saying, Look at now obviously he didn't have the private conversation cuz Miko went into the finished newspaper but he could have blasted Miko on in the in the media to give the other guys a break and say look at guys just keep doing what you're doing be patient it's fine i'm going to blame the goalie right now so it's not your fault you guys are cool out of the crosshairs so they feel better they can go about their business right but you would think he would talk to Miko and have that conversation but it's all about trying to keep your guys in the right frame of mind so that they can come out and play at their best, what buttons to push, what strings to pull. And sometimes as you coach, you push and pull the wrong ones. People think it's so easy. And How I just think
1: that, yeah, and I, and I just think that if the orders, when they turn this around, because they are good enough, Zach Hyman, Cody CeCe, Duncan Keith, they, I believe they're good enough to turn this around. This is not dissimilar to the Jets' swoon they were on going into the playoffs last year. What'd they lose? Nine of 10? Seven in a row? Yeah. And they turned it around. I mean, what a story it would be if the Orders could turn it around because nobody keeps the pedal to the metal for 82 games. They don't. But just when you see Dave Tippett losing his cool, you start to think, hmm, something's not right there. By the way, Jim Wagner. Writes in from Balgoni and he says, uh, Morning, RP crew, chilly out there today, but let's not burrito around the bush. Some taco time salsa will warm you up from the inside out. Thanks, guys. Spicy. That's not bad, but I'm still, I still like the guy in uh, Chris Jarl in Surrey, BC that says the orders are like a stuffed taco time burrito. And they only got one napkin. Anyways, some of the other things that I have on my topic list here, because we do have to break in the warm-up. A.B. breaks his silence. We got to get into that. Antonio Brown finally says why he snapped in New York on Sunday. Uh, The Raptors won last night. They're on a roll. They're on a roll. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're playing a a bubble with the Scotties. How about that? Talk to my friends down there in Assiniboia, and uh, kudos to them for getting it underway. And Anthony Calvillo has rejoined the Montreal Alouette's coaching staff. So a lot to get to. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show. This has been the warm-up on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
1: Welcome back, everybody. RP Show continues. It is episode number 468 of your favorite daytime sports talk show, and we are live on Game Plus TV. Um Yeah, back on Game Plus TV. As we discerned, it was an it was an us problem. I'm just going to leave that there. Comments as we open this up, Darren, for Taco Time. Taco Time viewer takeover. Pinks is watching one of our P1s. Haven't heard from him in a while. He says, so annoyed that the NHL would cancel more games because of attendance restrictions, but won't cancel them because of league-mandated protocols resulting in depleted rosters creating unfair matchups. I don't even want to. That gives me a headache. I don't even want to. I'm just reading it. I don't want to get into it. James watching in border Manitoba says, I heard on TSN Edmonton that people close to Paul Maurice say he is not available. Well, no spit. He didn't just quit in Winnipeg because he wanted to go coach somewhere else. Now, some people do that like Odell Beckham, Jr. Jalen Ramsey. That's more of an NFL player thing than an NHL coach thing. But listen, if you don't want to coach, you don't want to coach like, do you suspect Paul Maurice will ever want to coach again? Because I don't. He pulled a John Madden, Darren. He's like, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Like, my first answer would be no, he's going to coach again. Would be he's going <clears> to <throat> coach again. Coaches want to coach. It's in his DNA and his blood. But coaches also want to have success. And, you know, I've listened to the news conference, I've watched him speak, I, I've heard him talk about it, read the quotes. He, can't continue to coach in Winnipeg when his methods don't work, when he knows he's beating his head against the wall and it's not getting through, right? His messages is, is worn thin and he doesn't have a new one um, ready to pull out. So he, he needs to step back and, you know, he's probably enjoying some family time and he probably will continue to enjoy that. And I, and maybe he'll just love that so much that he'll never want to go back to coaching. But I think if he, at some point he'll be re-energized, it might take a year, might take two, Whatever I, I I could see Paul Maurice coming back to the game, but he's got to be ready. He's got to want to do it. He won't be doing it for a paycheck. He won't be doing it because another team is desperate. That's for sure.
3: Well, he's very personable,
1: very engaging, Paul Maurice, and I think that he might have a future in broadcasting. But he's done this for 24 years as an NHL head coach, and I just got the sense that he's done. It had been nine years. How many years has it been? Can somebody tell me Tippett and Edmonton? Because time does fly. I think this is year, at most, four. It might only be year three. I just have a very tough time believing that the Oilers are tired of the Dave Tippett message. I would be shocked if they made a coaching change, let's put it that way, in Edmonton. But again, how we started this show, you can't fire 20 players. You can fire one head coach. If Ken Holland thinks that's what's needed, then it'll happen. But what are we looking at here? Mike Babcock, John Tortorella, Paul Maurice's names come up. None of them... Peel my banana, let's put it that way. Regarding that hockey arena in Providence, where Tuka Rask will make his season debut Friday night, the Dunkin' Donuts Arena. Ryan in Saratoga, New York says, it's just straight up Dunkin'. They rebranded to let people know they're more than just donuts. No, I know that. I go there all the time. The point is, why are they calling it Dunkin' Donuts Arena? Can we get an answer on that? That's what I was looking for. Jennifer at the Four Seasons. Jen says, Regarding Miko Koskinen, your job is to stop the puck. You're not there to score goals. Oy vey. Huh? welcome to today's player, which maybe I'll get into with Chris Chris Jones when he joins us a little later on. Well, the, I didn't do my job, but they didn't do their job either.
3: That's kind of what's happened here, Derek. That is not my fault, not my fault. Was Dave Tippett right? Did you suck, Miko? Yeah, I did. Okay, well, let's address that. Be better. It's today's player, Darren. No, it is. It's today's player, you know, and we want to deflect, deflect, deflect,
2: deflect, deflect, because, you know, and I get it from a Miko Koskinen point of view. He doesn't want to sit there and have all the heat on him and his agents saying, get this heat off you because this is affecting our next contract. and. If you play better, you're gonna get a better contract. If you play better, there's gonna be less heat on you. Um, we just go through it, and we have to be better at accepting that, look it, we make mistakes, we let goals in, we have bad games. So just accept it, understand what needs to be better, and don't let it happen again, right? And, and try and get, dig your way out of it. Um, denial, though, first part of having a problem, right? Isn't that it? Oh, sheesh, of course
1: you have to acknowledge that you have a problem before you can ever even begin to get help. But anyways, I see our viewers they want to talk about the Antonio Brown thing. I thank Ryan in New York who's pointed out Dave Tippett was hired by the Oilers in 2019. Like it it hasn't been that long, man. He <laughs> might still be living in a hotel. I'd be shocked if they fired anybody. Anyways, with A.B., uh, Mark Zozel watching in Melfort where they do the shuffle. Uh, he says that the, the Bucs are supposed to be releasing him today, AB. By the way, Sean McCormick is watching from Game Plus TV in Toronto. He says, I didn't, I didn't like how Koskinen got mad that he was thrown under the bus, only to throw his teammates under the bus for not scoring. The whole team needs to be better. Exactly. Finger-pointing is at an all-time high, and I just wonder if the orders can pull it all together or not because seasons hinge on this. This could, this could be the turning point where the season hinges and they go all the way to the Stanley Cup. I believe they're good enough. Best start in franchise history, right? Yeah. It's not just a swoon right now, though. I just, how do they come out of this? And I think if they make a coaching change, they don't come out of it at all. Anyways, to the AB stuff, which is only 0.3 of my quick six. 0.4 is the Raptors win, as I said. 0.5 is they're playing the Provincial Scotties in a curling bubble. Good on them for doing it in Assiniboia where the curlers are being ushered in and the coaches in a private door in the back of the curling arena. The stands are empty. And it's Saskatchewan where they have a waiting room. So you can go amongst anybody you can have COVID show up and go watch in the waiting room. That's fine. But it's keeping the curlers away from the public. And that's sports these days. I, um, I applaud them for finding a way to do it. And point six is that Anthony Calvillo was hired by the Alouettes today as their quarterback's coach. But I want to talk about Antonio Brown because, again, the viewers want to talk about it. Major spin on this. A.B. announcing on his social media platforms, he says the Tampa Bay Buccaneers forced him to play hurt and an MRI on Monday revealed damage to his ankle. A.B. didn't specify which ankle was hurt, but in a statement released by his lawyer, he said the exam showed broken bone fragments, a ligament tear, and cartilage loss. Bucks head coach Bruce Arian said Monday that Antonio Brown didn't indicate he was hurt when he refused to re-enter Sunday's game versus the New York Jets. Well, clearly, folks, something happened. And this is a he said versus he said situation, Darren. And here's the thing. Who do you want to believe? Antonio Brown's got a very spotty track record. But as we say sometimes in the recovery business, sometimes the black sheep's the only one telling the truth. But nobody believes him because they're the black sheep. I wouldn't put it past Bruce Arians to lie. He didn't exactly look very confident in what he was saying or trustworthy. Arians, I'm saying. I don't don't know what he was mad about. Ask him, brother. Something set A.B. off, right? Now he comes out and says they were trying to force him to play hurt. Very sad conclusion to the A.B. Tampa Bay marriage because they won a Super Bowl together, Darren, but these
2: things happen.
3: I guess the question is, who do you believe?
2: Yeah, I know. And the short answer is I don't know. But you almost have to agree with Bruce Arians or not agree with him, but you almost have to believe him over AB just because the track record for Antonio Brown hasn't been good, right? When the track record's so bad, you can't expect it to be, you know, this problem, this problem, this lie, this lie, this lie. And what leads me to believe that now he's telling the truth? Now, he put out the text messages from Bruce Arians that we saw on his Twitter account you know, talking before the game, are y'all good? Blah, blah, blah. I think they talked about the foot injury that he got on the two point play and whatever. Um, but look, I mean, 11 days ago, Antonio Brown went off for what? 10 catches and over a hundred yards 11 days ago. He was fine. He was galloping off the field. His ankle looked pretty good then. Right? So, I mean, there's a lot of things that don't add up for me on the Antonio Brown situation, but no matter what, the way he acted in the second last game of the regular season, to even if the coach is telling you to go in and you're saying no, even if the coach says you're done. To storm off like that and cause a scene is and throw a temp- temper tantrums not the way to handle it. Right? If you want to leave after, if you want to, you know, quietly walk off or if you're done, I mean, there's better ways to deal with it, but it's a messy situation, and it's not going away anytime soon.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's just another situation where we don't have all the facts. Everybody's making judgments based on what we know, but we don't know everything. It's 2022. You're going to tell me there isn't a camera somewhere on that sidelines that caught Bruce Arians' lips and ABs having that conversation? I mean, I'm watching the Tom Brady Man in the Arena documentary, and I'm like, I can't believe they've got a camera down there 20 years ago on the Patriots bench capturing this dialogue. It was 20 years ago. You're going to tell me they don't have somebody doesn't have video of the exchange between Bruce Arians and Antonio Brown come Sunday? And maybe they don't, but uh, not a lot adds up. Darren, I'm going to let you go, okay? And we'll bring you back in for hour two. Capish? Sounds great. Okay, because we're going to clear the line and allow Chris Jones To log in from South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. He's our next guest on the program. But I want to get to a sports update here. The Western Hockey League announced the postponement of four WHL regular season games as a result of multiple players and staff being added to the WHL COVID-19 protocol list due to exhibiting symptoms or having tested positive for COVID-19. The games are Friday, Regina at Saskatoon, Victoria at Prince George, and Saturday Saskatoon at Regina, and Victoria at Prince George. So COVID affects the WHL again, and the NHL too. The NHL has postponed three more games in Canada due to attendance restrictions in certain provinces. The games include the Devils at Canadiens on January 15th, the Devils visiting the Leafs January 17th, and the Blackhawks at Oilers on January 18th. So far, 98 games have been postponed, with four having been rescheduled. Pascal C. And played. Pascal Siakam scored 33 points as the surging Toronto Raptors defeated the Milwaukee Bucks 117-111 on Wednesday. It was Toronto's fourth straight win. OG Ananobi and Gary Trent Jr. each added 22 points for the Raps. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks gave Dirk Nowitzki two reasons to smile. After defeating the Golden State Warriors 99-82 Wednesday night, the Mavericks retired Dirk's number 41. He spent his entire 21-year career with the Dallas Mavericks, earning All-Star owners 14 times while leading the Mavericks to the 2011 NBA title. This Sports Update brought to you by Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand-new line of games. For the tap, brew house, and drive-thru liquor store, and for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you
3: wings.
1: Uh Jack Fulton watching in Vulcan, Alberta says so if it's verified true that comment just slipped off the page here so if it's verified true AB's injury to the Bucks they have to let him back.
3: Hmm. that's a good point. Do they even want AB back is the bigger question. Uh <laughs> Chris Bird Watching
1: in King City, Ontario says, football player walks off the field in the CFL. It's Bush League. If it happens in the NFL, it's a six-day news cycle item. you have to explain that a little more. What do you mean? You heard the announcers say nobody would ever seen happen before what happened with Antonio Brown on Sunday. Who's seen that before?
3: Quit in the middle of the game. I haven't. Maybe Chris Jones has. We can ask him when he joins us next.
1: Some CFL fans and supporters need to remove that chip off their shoulder. Why are we even talking about this with the CFL? This is an Antonio Brown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers issue. It's a huge issue. He's a legitimate, massive star in the
3: league. What are you expecting? That we should, people should stop talking about it? Why would you bring the CFL into it? And by the way, Jack in Alberta... I'll just say
1: it now with regards to me being on the phone with WestJet for over two hours today. Now it's like two and a half hours. I've entered COVID protocol. I've, the host of the Rod Peterson show has entered COVID protocol. And for that reason, we've had to move our entire residency back a week at Grey Eagle Resort and Casino in Calgary. So Jack was asking me the other day. What were the dates that we were going to be at Gray Eagle? Push them all back. It was supposed to start January 10th. Now it's starting January 17th. So like anything else, we continue to live day by day in this COVID world, and it includes the RP Show. We're going to take a time out and hope to have Chris Jones. When we come back, you are watching Daytime Sports Talk, broadcasting from beautiful South Florida on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Uh, Chris Jones coming up momentarily from South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Mark says they've maintained con- uh, connection, that it changed, blah, blah, blah. Chris Jones will be with us in moments. We've got a lot of time to get him on here up until the top of the hour. Uh, checking in from the viewers, Mike Horrigan, watching in the 905, that's Southern Ontario. He says, good afternoon to the best damn sports talk show currently broadcasting on planet Earth. Mike in the 905. Uh, I got to say this, Jeff, the Stamps fan, Good for you. I I, I said, when was the last? We could never remember a a guy quitting in the middle of the game, and he said Patrick Waugh. And, yes, I was thinking football, but you got me. Patrick Waugh quitting mid-game. Very similar, wasn't it? And uh, while we were in the break, news came down that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have officially released Antonio Brown. He's free to sign wherever he wants. Now, would you sign him? I think he'll play again. He's only 33. Tremendous talent. Pat is watching in the Bridge City. He writes in, he says, hey, Roddy, there's a source out there that Henry Burris wants to be an NFL head coach. Do you think he can do it? Is he ready to move on now from PG, uh, PJ? I would say, why not? I, don't, I think people forget the fact that Henry Burris played with both the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears in the NFL started for the Bears on Monday Night Football. He's been with the Bears the last couple of years in the quarterback room. If Henry, Henry Burris is the kind of guy that can do whatever he puts his mind to, there's absolutely no doubt about it. If Henry Burris thinks that he can be a head coach, I think he can. As a matter of fact, I want to start there with Coach Jones. Um, on that, Chris, and by the way, Happy New Year. Congratulations on the posting in Edmonton. Hank, I guess, has said he wants to be a head coach. Do you think that he could do it.
4: Well, I mean, it, there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of things that had to fall in place for him. But uh, again, Hanks, a, a really bright guy. It's a it's a matter of getting uh, you know in the right situation and that type thing. And uh, and I've seen you know with Freddie getting his shot a few years ago. It's just a matter of the stars aligning that type thing. But certainly uh, Henry's a very capable. Uh, he's very good with the media. He's very good uh, spokesperson. He's, you know, he's good with people. So, so yeah, I can see it happening.
1: My question for you, because you've done it all in a, in every league. What's the biggest thing? Why guys struggle becoming a head coach? I mean, you've been a position coach, you've been a coordinator, you've been a consultant, but you've been a head coach too. What is it? Time management, practice plans. What is it? What is it with a head coach that's different from those other
4: jobs? Well, I mean, again, you hit on the nail on the head. I mean, it's just a matter of kind of balancing your day. You know, you have to you have to do a good job of, of making sure that you budget your time and you make your list and make sure that you get to everything that you need to get to uh when you when you have to wear multiple hats.
1: Chris, I tell you when you went to Cleveland I never thought you would set foot in Canada again. Not joking. I didn't and here we are, head coach and GM of the Edmonton Elks.
4: Who would have yeah, Would you but, have put
1: money on that three, four years that, ago? You know what?
4: Hey, I, you know, I, I love the league. You know, I spent 20 years up here, uh, you know, away from my family, away from my girls, and you know, I missed a lot of their of their upbringing to to try to come up to Canada and and uh, and make a living. And uh, and I'm proud of the the places that we've been and things that we've done, and proud of the friendships that I've made, that type thing. And again, you look across the league, and and a bunch of the head coaches, you know, we've been on staffs together. And so, again, I, I'm just proud to be be involved with the league.
1: Well, the CFL is better with you in it. There's no doubt I uh, have said that many times. But your longest stint, I looked it up, was Montreal five years as defensive coordinator. And you guys did a lot of winning there, Chris. And now you said you're in Edmonton to stay. What is it this time around that's made you say, I don't want to move on from here?
4: Well, again, I mean, I've done all the other, you know, I've been an assistant coach and and a coordinator in in Montreal and then got an opportunity to 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 move on and and work with with Huff over in Calgary and was able to do some of the things there and get get started in personnel and and then from there, uh, you know, got to go on with Barks and and those guys. I mean, I've done all the all the moving around stuff and the only thing I've not done is is establish a uh you know, a winning team, a championship team, and then do it year in, year out. And that's kind of what we're looking to do.
1: What is it about Edmonton specifically that you like? Because you did win a championship there. I know the Eskimo way. I guess it's now the Elk way. But what about the city, the stadium, the, the
4: franchise? What is it that's so attractive to you? Well, you know that's where uh, Paul Jones kind of brought me into the league with Don Matthews, and and uh, that was the first place that I went up and did what they call guest coaching, uh, interning essentially during camp, and uh, that was the first opportunity I had to to go up and try to get involved in pro football, and uh, you know, and so it's exciting to be able to go back there where where it started.
1: Hey, I don't know. I don't think you follow the media much, but it's. I love how they're all panicking that you're noncommittal to your quarterback position and various other positions. I'm like, have you people forgotten how Chris Jones operates? I remember February 2017, you didn't have a quarterback. I'm like, Murph, we don't have a quarterback. And Murph is like, it's February. Don't worry. You made it to the East final last minute with Kevin Glenn, if you remember, Jonesy. Um, So, I mean, that's it. Again, it's January. Your roster is going to change a lot, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, again, uh, you know, rosters come, rosters go, players come, players go. I mean, this thing is a competition. That's what I've told all the coaches, regardless, every single year, even the years when we won the Grey cup or we had great teams, the very next year, everybody has to come in and they have to earn what they get. You know, I mean, you kind of pencil in your, we call it A group, B group, and C group. We don't call it, you know, the first team and the second team. And I mean, cause it's a much more, uh, fluid situation where if a guy comes and beats a guy out, that's what it is. And so that's kind of the way we've done it. And so again, we're still just identifying who we have.
1: Do you have in the back of your mind, I won't ask you a name, but who you'd like to start in week one, or is that kind of a faceless target <laughs> right now?
4: <laughs> that's a fun, you know, like I say, man, we we've got some very good guys. There's some very good people that were there. I mean, uh, there, there were good players, on that roster last year and they're, and they're still there. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that have to happen. I mean, you've got free agency, you've got, we've got to try to sign the guys that we have on our roster that are, you know, that are free to, you know, go different places. We've got to try to sign those cause there's some good players there. So, I mean, there's so many things that have to happen before we ever even start thinking about who's going to be, uh, the A group people. Right.
1: Hey, I got to ask you about G. Roy. I shouldn't have waited this long to ask you. As far as I know, you've never worked together before. You've never been with BC. You've bumped into him. You know him over the years. But what is it that you wanted to have him in such a significant role on your staff?
4: Well, you know, he he interviewed for some you know opportunities, some some larger opportunities in years past. He's been in the league. He knows the league. He's he's we've got common friends that you know, kind of connected us years ago. And so we just kind of become acquaintances and, and I kind of, we got to sit down for about three hours at the uh, NFL combine a few years ago in Indianapolis. And I was just thoroughly impressed with kind of his philosophy and the way that he, you know, does things. He, he's very aggressive and, and uh, you know, you'd rather have people that you have to pull back rather than have to push them.
1: Yeah. Well, that's you right for sure. Hey, you've announced some offensive guys but you still have some names to come on your staff. Is that imminent, do you think, or when do you think you'll have your full staff name?
4: Well, we kind of, you know, we've got things. We're just kind of releasing it as we go just to make sure that we're not jumping the gun or prematurely announcing folks, that type of thing. So, you know, uh, and, and quite honestly, the three guys that we got offensively, I mean, it's uh, it's their day to to kind of, be able to answer questions and things like that because you're dealing with three guys that are that are all offensive coordinator quality, all future head coach quality. And so when you can bring the the level of experience that we brought offensively, we're very fortunate.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Well, we're following it very closely. I wish you good luck and happy new year. Glad to see you again and glad to have you back in the league, coach, in this role. And happy new year. We'll, we'll talk soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Good to talk to you. You bet the head coach and general manager of the Edmonton Elks, Chris Jones. Viewer takeover for Taco Time coming up next. You're watching the RP Show from South Florida on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
0: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson.
1: Back live on Game Plus TV for Taco Time Viewer Takeover. I'll tell you something about Taco Time in a moment. It is uh, Burrito Full Thursday. Uh, DG in Saskatoon writes in as I look at the 902 text line here. 902-518-3033. DG in Saskatoon says, uh, Morning, guys. I told my 10-year-old nephew this morning that the Rod Peterson show was going to be broadcasting from Calgary starting next week. His response was, he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. Who you going to call? It's Rod Peterson. Hope all works out with the travel plans, R.P. Signed DG in Saskatoon. Well, no, I've entered COVID protocol. I was saying it earlier. I've entered COVID protocol. For that reason, we've moved the whole thing back a week. So starting Monday, January 17th will be our first show at uh, Gray Eagle Resort and Casino. They were very great about it. Allie in Sherwood Park, Alberta, watching. And she writes in, she says, belated happy 2022 RP show and staff. She says, we took this pic of Mosaic and we were home for the holidays. It's not coming through. Actually, it says sensitive content. This may contain sensitive content that is offensive or disturbing. It's a photo of Mosaic Stadium. It won't come up. Are you getting the same thing, Mike? Yeah. Anyway, she says, all the best for continued success in 2022. From Kevin I. Thank you, Allie in Sherwood Park. Some other interesting things going on in the world of sports today besides all of what we've talked about here. But I do want to mention for Taco Time, here it is, for the love of burritos, it's buy one, get one burrito half off at Taco Time every Thursday, and that's today. Uh, Last minute, last minute of play in hour one. Chris Jarl in Surrey, B.C., by the way, is the leader, by the way, comparing the Edmonton Orders to a stuffed taco time burrito. He's the leader for comment of the week. Save it, Clark. Here's The interesting thing that I'm following, because I don't care for tennis, So we got to get into this with Moose next hour, but locked in a dispute over his COVID-19 vaccination status, Novak Djokovic was confined to an immigration detention hotel in Australia this morning as the number one men's tennis player in the world awaits a court ruling on whether he can compete in the Australian Open later this month. <clears throat> We're going to talk about that next hour. And also, uh, Nikita Kucherov, he is in the limelight. Tampa Bay Lightning star Nikita Kucherov is set to return tonight against the Calgary Flames after missing 32 games with a lower body injury that required surgery. We'll talk about that and more next hour when the Moose joins us here on Game Park to stick around?
0: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app.